Well, pinkies, do you know what that noise is? Oh, <laughs> well, that's the stereo. <laughs> We're driving Dorian Gray today. And we have our summer tires on. And there's a man across the street washing the windows of the house that's for sale. Oh, I got a big truck behind me in a hurry um, I'll roll up my windows so we uh, not be a little less noisy okay what's going on well in the last episode I was talking about oh, I gotta turn on the police detector I was talking about going on the bus trip system um, and I was talking about that as I was on my way to the RV to install a second battery. So Casey in Denver, my fellow RVer, fifth wheeler, um, I now have 200 amp hours of uh, battery power in my rig. Uh, so there. got a person was everybody's in such a hurry I got a tailgater right on my ass I'm doing 40 miles an hour in a 40 mile an hour zone and that's not fast enough for some people okay so when I last left you we were discussing um, getting on the bus to go to France on our European vacation and you met all of the uh, primary players all of the uh, <laughs> uh, passengers uh, except we've not yet met the tour leader or the bus driver so let's talk about the tour leader and the bus driver uh, so our bus driver, very pleasant fellow from Italy, his name was Joshi, and um, he is a black fella in his late 30s, uh, who has a little boy, he's about five years old, um, so he was a really nice guy, very skilled bus operator, coach, sorry, they call them coaches there. So I have to refer to it as the coach. Um, so he's to, whatever, a great guy, good good bus driver, <laughs> coach driver. And then there's Shabby, our tour leader. And Shabby was a lady in about her mid thirties, um, who uh, a British girl who was a singer in a punk rock band who traveled around you know, the UK and possibly Europe uh, living in a bus like a, like a Vanagon <laughs> caravan van um, going from gig to gig playing punk rock with her punk rock buddies and she always had a hat on she was always wearing not 
not quite a fedora, but and and some sort of a cross between a Tilly hat and a fedora. Um, and we only ever got to see her without her hat on once. Anyway, she's very uh, uh, gregarious, happy young lady, lots of stories to tell. And she was very good at her job of corralling all these, you know, 35 or 38 uh, cats on this coach. Um, she's very skilled at her job. She's been doing it for, I don't know, five or seven years or something like that. Uh, so she was, uh, she was very interesting, quite fun, uh, and easy to get along with good with the people um, and very clear about what uh, what our in, what her intentions were and what we were required to do on this bus so we got on the bus in London 6.30 in the morning along with everybody else and we headed off to France so we, we drove for an hour and a half or so to get to Dover is that uh, uh, we went to Dover, where we boarded the ferry. Now, we had to get through customs because of Brexit. There was customs at, uh, the, uh, at, at the ferry, which was the French customs, because we were taking a ferry into France. So right there, before we got onto the ferry, we had to go through two or three customs checkpoints. Uh, one checkpoint, we had to actually get off and present our... You know, go through the lineup, present our passports, and um, you know, answer questions. And really, it was just a rubber stamp. I think they looked us up in the computer to make sure we weren't criminals, and then uh, let us go. And you know, the the French are very indifferent. Uh, they weren't happy. They weren't unhappy. They were just very. Uh, Factual, I guess. <laughs> uh, ask their questions, then then you're free to go. Carry on. Thank you. I think someone, one of them, said thank you. Uh, so then we all pile back on the bus, and uh, the bus has to drive through another checkpoint, where a customs officer gets on the bus. If they talk, they were talking to the driver and the tour leader for a bit, and then the customs official got off the bus. Then we had to go through another tent or a, like a, 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 a steel lean-to type structure. And we actually got waved on. So we didn't actually have to stop. But there was a whole group of, you know, customs mechanic looking people. Uh, where the, And every, every time we went through one of these things, the, the joke was by our tour leader, Shabby. Okay, make sure you everybody smile, but not don't smile too hard because that's creepy. So we would have to do our little act pleasant act. Uh, anyway, so then we got on to the ferry, and the ferry took uh, an hour and a half, maybe nearly two hours, to go from Dover to somewhere in France. Um, and then on the ferry, we had uh, a free breakfast. So 
like many ferries that I've been on, they have <coughs> they have restaurants and coffee shops and you can buy a sandwich from the, you know, pre-made sandwiches from the fridge or you can stand in line and go through the cafeteria and you can pick um, oh, I want the I want the early morning special or I want uh, eggs and an omelet or whatever. So, um, we went we went through this uh, cafeteria lineup, and they were only serving one thing. <laughs> you didn't have a choice. It was the uh, the English breakfast, you know, which was some bacon, some sausages, some eggs, some beans, toast, and maybe a a, 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 a patty, a, a potato mash patty. You know, like a hash brown patty. Um, so very rudimentary sort of a no choices, but yes, you can have this. And it was for free, so, you know, not going to complain. Um, so we had that, and then we carried on with our tour across the the, the channel, the strait. And we arrive uh, a little town, and we carry on. We go to Paris. So as soon as we got to Paris, we were driving around and looking at all these uh, major sites, such as the Arc de Triomphe, very impressive. It's much larger in real life than you see in the pictures. Uh, we drove down the Champs-Élysées, which was blocked off a little bit because of the riots that had been occurring there recently. Um, because people were upset about the pension situation that Macron foisted upon them, forcing them to work until they were 64 instead of 62. Um, so they were writing about that. So the police had closed off the Champs-Élysées a little bit. <coughs> and uh, we also then went to the... Eiffel Tower. Now, the Eiffel Tower was beautiful. It really was amazing. Uh, it's m so much more striking in person than it is in pictures and movies and what have you. It really is an amazing uh, in you know, structure. The engineering of it was really interesting to me. So I quite enjoyed that, seeing that up close and personal. Um, uh, and, and it's, you know, quite large, 330 meters tall, uh, which isn't huge by many standards, but the thing was built in 1899. Um, so, you know, it's uh, more than 100 years old. So that was quite, it was quite impressive to me. Uh, very beautiful. Uh, I quite enjoyed the Eiffel Tower, and we got to see it a couple times. We got, you know, we got out of the bus, we got up close and personal with it. Um, you know, we weren't right underneath it, uh, but uh, close enough to it to to admire it in its entirety. So that was very interesting. And then we went out for our dinner, our pre-planned dinner, package dinner. So there was a lot of these sort of everything was packaged together. Uh, on these tours, you know, we'd arrive in, a, in the city, whatever our destination city was, and um, 
we'd have a dinner and then you know uh, you could carry on and go to the pubs or do whatever you want for the evening and then in Paris the following day we had a guided tour of many different things we went to a perfume shop uh, we went to uh, the cookie making shop the um, uh, what are those cookies called those famous French cookies in two halves that uh, uh, with the way with the jammy nougaty thing in the middle and we went where else did we go with we somewhere else in Paris on the tour uh, so we did a lot of like fun things like that that was that was you know mostly it was mostly interesting and we toured like the down you know some significant areas the funny thing was it was actually the um, uh, Easter Sunday that we were driving around Paris and there was absolutely no traffic at the Arc de Triomphe I guess because everybody you know Paris and France being very Roman Catholic um, they uh, everybody was in church so <laughs> at their mass so there was hardly any traffic and we were able to see the Arc de Triomphe with no traffic around it because we were there the day before and um, uh, I mean it was just a throng like and the Arc de Triomphe is surrounded by this gigantic roundabout and there don't doesn't seem to be many rules um, traffic rules around you know how to get around the Arc de Triomphe so it's a bit of a chaotic mess but I mean several drivers got around that Arc de Triomphe and there were no accidents when we were there so uh, but just the the amount of people and the number of cars on your typical Saturday afternoon it was uh, this is it was uh, mind-boggling so we had a couple days in Paris and we did a bunch of things and we went out and we ate a bunch of food then we went on to Switzerland uh, now Switzerland was a full day of travel so we uh, we drove all day to get to, to Switzerland. We arrived and we were staying at this cute little chalet. Um, and and uh, this is where I'll talk about the hotel rooms. Uh, all of the hotel rooms were so tiny that you barely had a foot around your bed. So, you know, uh, uh, typically, typical hotel rooms, you have a, two twin beds and the you know, for couples like ourselves, they would push the two twin beds together. There'd be a big gap line running down the middle of your bed. But, you know, you were lovers like us could sleep side by side on this, you know, gappy bed. And if you weren't lovers, then they would just separate out the two twin beds and you'd have two separate beds spaced apart by three or four feet or whatever. But even with our beds jammed right into each other, you still only had no more than two feet on either side of the bed. That's on all three sides of the bed to walk around. And in many cases, there's no, they don't have closets or armoires. Um, there's often, uh, <coughs> I just gotta do some driving here. Hang on a second. So we take a couple of corners another corner a little bit of accelerator oh watch the big potholes oh my goodness 
and uh, um, so there's t- very tiny rooms you hang your coats and your whatever any clothes that you might have you hang up on a, a pointy rack that sticks out of the wall um, I've spoken before about no coffee pots just a kettle and instant coffee and tea um, so you know fairly straightforward very tiny rooms very tiny bathrooms um, like you can just you, you, there's enough room for you to go and stand in the in the bathroom and if you were lucky you had a tub and shower but more more likely you just had a stand-up shower so all the hotel rooms were very similar to this um, the we did have one very luxurious room, which was $400 Canadian a night uh, when we got back, and that was more like a standard hotel room. Um, uh, you know, that was like a business hotel. Um, so it was interesting to, to, to be in such tight quarters. Um, and I mean, I completely understand. I, I have no, I had no complaints. But boy, what a joy it was to come home and sleep in a king-size bed. <laughs> uh, anyway, so we went to we went to Switzerland, which was very much like British Columbia. This they got they have the same trees, the same rivers and lakes. Um, you know the flow, the the grassy hills. There's there are a few more grassy hills and meadows because um, sheep, you know, sheep and cows. Agriculture is uh, one of the main driving uh, uh, businesses there. Um, but it was very very similar uh, to British Columbia. So we really felt like we were coming home. And in Switzerland, we went to the top of a mountain, a mountain called Jungfrau Jock, uh, where we went 10, uh, no, 11,800 feet high um, was, the, uh, was the height of the mountain that we went up. And we went up in a train, which was, uh, basically effectively was a funicular um, and this train the the power from the train didn't come from the wheels because it had a series of cogs like a gear gears and cogs that were embedded into the track and the train would grip onto these cogs and uh, the cog would pull you up just like a like you'd see in a roller coaster you know you'd go up the mountain being pulled up by this cog rail system and uh, so we went you know I don't know how high we were a thousand feet we went from a thousand feet of elevation up up to 11,000 feet of elevation and it took two different train rides no we did what do we do we did a, a tram you know hanging off a cable we we took a tram up about 5,000 feet and then we took this uh, funicular train up the other 6,000 feet um, through the mountain like this this 
this railway was cut through the mountain, like through the center of the mountain. We were in a tunnel that was, I don't know, five or six miles long, Um, uh, and through a glacier as well. So, you know, we get up to the top and we're at the glacier at the very top, and, um, you know, we went outside and it was snowing out. It was minus eight degrees, and and the wind was like a hundred and no, what was it, thirty kilometers an hour or something like that. So it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't terrible conditions. Um, but as soon as we got up there, you know, you could tell you were at eleven thousand feet because everyone's you know out of breath and it, it's an effort to walk uh, around. And there was a there was a huge. Um, you know, tourist trappy thing where they had museum. It was like a museum type of a thing where they had exhibits and stuff and the history of building this railway. And uh, you know, there's a weather station up there, so there's all kinds of all kinds of things to pique your interest. So we were there for a couple of uh, you know a few hours, three or four hours. We were there at the top. By the time you know. After we were up there for an hour or so, we had gotten used to the um, lack of oxygen up there, and we were doing quite fine. Because when we first got there, we were like, oh my god, I don't know if I'm going to make it. <laughs> How much farther do we have to walk? <laughs> and, and, and one of our guests on the coach, uh, who was a heavy smoker, the guy just couldn't handle it. He had... Uh, he didn't do anything. He got to the top and all he could do was make it to a bench and he sat down and he spent the entire time trying to catch his breath because, you know, his lungs were destroyed by his chain smokering. And then you could tell, you know, after we'd been there for an hour or so or a couple of hours, you could tell who had just arrived on the train because people were getting off the train and they were like, oh my God, I don't know if I'm going to make it. How much further do I have to walk? <laughs> so it was kind of funny to see people, uh, you know, experiencing the lack of oxygen. So that was very, very interesting. We, we Basically, we spent the entire day going up and down this 11,000 foot mountain and uh, experiencing, you know, Switzerland and and all the old buildings. Everything was an old chalet that was built a hundred years ago. So it was very quaint, very pleasant. Um, and we had, you know, we had a Swiss cheese fondue for dinner, and we had some beers. I got to say, I have a complaint about the beers. Everywhere we went, people were raving about the beer. Oh, we're going to go to Germany. We're going to go sit in a, we'll be in a beer hall and you can have all the great German beer. You know, that German beer, that's wimpy. I much prefer the, the, the heftier beers we have access, easy access to here. You know, uh, IPAs and the like. Um, because those German beers, they're just pilsners and very dull beer uh, so uh, you can't sell me on going to Germany and Switzerland for beer it doesn't doesn't cut the mustard for me I like my beer to have some flavor to it some some maltiness or uh, some hoppiness to it so those German beers were very lackluster in my opinion
Okay, so that's Switzerland. Um, I'm going to stop it here because I'm going to have to stop and get out and do one of my little chores. So we'll leave, we'll leave Switzerland and we'll head to Germany. And uh, in our next episode, I'll talk about Germany. All right, I am the Faye Driver. You can email me at podcast at pinkwheelnuts.com. And thanks for listening. Bye-bye.